0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 13 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. My name is Greg Lindberg. On this episode, the Baker's Dozen episode of the podcast, we take a trip to the Buckeye State, also known as Ohio, to talk about blind soccer and an organization there that's trying to get blind soccer off the ground. And we visit with two guests, the founder and coach of that organization, along with one of her players. So, ready? Ready? set, kick. Okay, so joining me on this episode of the podcast, we have two guests to talk about blind soccer, uh, also called Five Aside Soccer and Blind Football. It actually has several different names. And so first, I'd like to introduce Katie Atkinson, who is the coach of Ohio Blind Soccer. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be on it with you. Definitely. This will be fun. And then we also have one of her players on the team, part of the organization as well. His name is Noah Beckman. Noah, welcome. Greg, thank you very much for having me on. It's great to get an
1: opportunity to talk about sports because we certainly haven't had much chance to play any
0: lately. Good point. Yeah. Hopefully this will kind of, you know, fill that void a little bit. So. absolutely for sure yeah all right so katie let's uh let's start with you talk to me about your background as far as your educational background and the work that you've done kind of leading up to you know before starting this organization
2: yeah so um i went to eastern kentucky and got my undergrad in exercise science and then Uh, moved on to get my master's degree in Adapted Physical Activity at Slippery Rock University. And at Slippery Rock was really where I got my start um, in learning about people with visual impairments um, and loving um, working with them. So the first... I always say this is my intro uh, to blind sports, but I signed up for, um, it was a BVI ski trip. And I actually thought it was, it actually was called MVP. So I thought it was like, most valuable person, whatever, um, that ended up being a ski trip for the visually impaired and got there and everybody was visually impaired and I'm guiding them. <laughs> so it was a funny introduction to blind sport, but ever since then I've fell in love with it and um, have just been excited to bring more opportunities for people with visual impairments as well as kind of fell in love with blind soccer.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so then, your your current role is it with the the Parks and Recreation Department, basically there in Columbus, Ohio.
2: Yes, yeah, so I work um, through the Columbus Recreation and Parks, and then under that is the Therapeutic Recreation Department, and that's who I work for. I'm technically um, called a Therapeutic Recreation Specialist, um, but. I do a ton of different things there from spinal cord wellness, a grant writing, um, I provide AP programming, we have an inclusive fitness center upstairs in our uh, location at Franklin Park, and it allows any individual with a disability to come and have a safe environment where they can participate in fitness with all of the seats adapted to a variety of participants, as well as I've started this blind outreach program and kind of some blind sports in the city of columbus and that's my goal it's to continue to grow those um, and that's definitely where my niche
0: is nice very cool and then as far as ohio blind soccer when did that actually get going when did you kind of launch that and how long has that been going on
2: no it cracks me if i'm wrong but i think it's been about two years we coming up on it yeah yeah um so i originally got into it with Um, there was a camp in Maryland going on at the school for the blind in Maryland. And someone had brought it up to me, I decided to go. And I was like, I love soccer, I played soccer throughout my entire life, starting at age um, four to through high school. And I was like, wow, I'd love to learn more about blind soccer. And one of the I think he's the president of um, Blind Football currently. His name's Ulrich. And he was there teaching blind soccer to coaches as well as potential athletes. And that was the introductory, I think, clinic for the United States and bringing blind soccer to the U.S. And then from there, it was pretty much like go and try to start your own program. And I just fell in love not only with my love of soccer already, but then putting it with my love of um, working with blind sports was just incredible, um, and it's a very skilled game, and a little bit more difficult than I think some of the other blind sports that we have going on, but... Um, that kind of is how I fell in love, and then we started it in Columbus. I think we really had, like, two people to start off, and then it's grown to um, probably six seven now, which is exciting.
0: So then is it, was it, like, basically one team that you kind of have now, or is it still kind of in the developmental phases, or what's kind of the current status?
2: I would say it consistently in the developmental stages, it is one team. As of right now, and we're all adults, right throughout the United States, there's about six different programs, and most of them are looking looking at youth right now. I have worked with the School for the Blind, um, Ohio State School for the Blind, and that is where we're, we've started up an after-school program for blind soccer and getting more youth involved and getting more athletes, and hopefully, within the next year or so, we can start getting a team. I know um, different schools for the blind have different rules and how to create a regulated sport and things of that nature. So hopefully that will come about soon, but I've been working with them to get a youth program as well as I have the adult team um, where we practice bi monthly currently just because of life and their adults and they have families and there's a lot going on. So we are continuing to grow that um, with hopes of having one competitive team. And I think one recreational team is what my goal would be along with the youth side of things.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So you are, you are engaging both youth and adults then it sounds like, which is awesome.
2: Yeah. we. I love it. Totally different compa- working with adults compared to kids. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> paint up my,
0: my I, coat. Yeah, <laughs> right. No doubt. Yep. Okay, so Noah, let's chat with you now. I know you do have Lieber's congenital amaurosis, which I also have, uh, which is a degenerative retinal condition, but uh, talk to me a little more about your background and childhood and all that good stuff.
1: I grew up in Dublin, a suburb of Columbus, and I started out life being legally blind, pretty pretty on the upper edges of being legally blind and i've subsequently just continued to get more and more blind over the course of my life so getting back to being active i i really give a lot of credit to my parents i I always remember my mom encouraging me go play with those kids who are playing basketball no mom i'm not good i won't you know i won't fit in i don't care you you gotta go you gotta go out there and play but come on noah it's two o'clock in the afternoon. If I see you in this house before
0: five, you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I really I give her a
1: lot of credit for encouraging you mm-hmm. to get out there and you know always be try to include myself in athletic activities, even if basketball is not necessarily my calling or, or football. It, it, I always enjoyed myself eventually. And of course, my dad played soccer with me in the backyard, hitting baseballs around. And always remember playing with the neighborhood kids. And then eventually I got into, uh, I started to play sighted soccer uh when I was five. I played in uh, rec leagues for on and off for eight years, I think six years, uh, some years I took breaks. So it's kind of hard to remember, but definitely yeah, sure. more than five. And I always enjoyed the game. I played defense and midfield. Never scored a goal. I hit the post one time. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I, I, uh, I was mostly a defender and a midfielder. But uh, one of the noteworthy things about my soccer career was that my parents took it upon themselves to narrate what was going on for me. They, I had a walkie-talkie with a headphone. And they'd sit on the sidelines. Once the ball gets 30 feet in front of me, I, I can't, I couldn't see what was going on. So yeah. uh, they, they would kind of guide me through uh, the game and that really helped. Uh, and of course, then in high school, I, I quit soccer, but I did a bunch of other sports. I did, well, I guess, I don't know if you'd consider marching band a sport, but I did that in wrestling, swimming, track, goal ball. Um, I don't. No, if I missed any. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I did in high school. And then uh, all throughout college, I worked out, played goal ball as an adult. I've played beat
0: baseball as well. Nice. I, I've only played two seasons with beat baseball. So, um, all right. where did you go to college, by the way?
1: I went to college at Ohio State, the Ohio State University oh, wow. graduated with a finance degree and uh, I now work in, um, Bank regulation. I'm a bank examiner for the Department of the Treasury. Uh, we make sure banks are managing the risks appropriately, following the rules, making sure our money and information aren't at risk, that kind
0: of thing. Very cool. Hey, that's that's an yeah. important job for sure. It's, it's, it's getting crazier by the day. No doubt. Let me tell you, yeah. For with Thirty sure. million people out of work. There are a lot of loans not getting paid. So oh yeah, more it's, by it's, far, more than ever, right? It's, <laughs> it's it is a, so, sad, it's a sad time for a lot of people. Yep. So, just going back to blind soccer, I definitely want to talk about you know the rules of the game, how it's played, and I guess Katie, if we could maybe start with you, and then Noah, you're, you know, feel free to chime in on anything just from your perspective as a player as well. Sure. For sure.
2: So it's a 5v5 game. There are four individuals who are visually impaired on the field and then one goalie who is sighted. There are sideboards along the length of the field. Um, They're kind of, they're at maybe a 45 degree angle. Um, They're angled in towards the field they're, the field size is about twenty to, by forty yards. It's a little bit smaller. It's more of like a futsal type field. The goals are field hockey side. Um, so they're a little bit smaller as well compared to sighted soccer. Um, as you know, their goals are a lot larger. And um, what helps orientate the athletes is really the bells located inside of the ball, um, like a lot of other blind sports. Currently, right now. There are um, Paralympic level wise, B1, um, which really is pretty much the individuals can see nothing. Maybe they have a little light perception, but those are the individuals who can play on a Paralympic level. Um, So that is what we're looking towards. I know they do have a B2, B3 um, classification, and hopefully that will be in the Paralympics soon. Um, Right now, there's a new rule change coming about for 2021. So look out for that. Um, And they're actually asking for any, if you want to change or make a proposal for any new rules and regulations, um, you're able to do that through the month of May, which is pretty awesome. And then one pertinent thing I think you need to know about is that there are kind of some guides throughout the field. So if you split the field into... Three different sections. There's a defensive section that, um, which the goalie, as we talked to, is cited. The goalie can guide the athlete among the defensive, um, third. Then through the middle third is the coach on the sidelines who can verbally, uh, just bring different cues for the athlete. And then if you on the offensive there. There is actually, um, a coach, it could be the head coach, could be assistant coach behind the opponent's goal who can be directing and guiding as well. Um, so depending on each, uh, third of the field. Uh, certain individuals are able to guide which is pretty interesting and exciting part of the game definitely is a game changer um, when athletes play I know Noah notices that we don't have that much of opportunity to guide um, during our practices but he's gone to many different clinics and camps and um, it's been a huge game changer for sure
0: very cool and I'm curious as far as the actual guidance what you know how does that actually work? What kind of information do they relay to the players?
2: So it could be positioning, it could be location of where they are needed to shoot into the goal. Um, it could be just potential play or things of that nature. So it just depends on um, I think the field of um, what third you're in and how you're kind of guiding your teammates. Really, the goal right, is for the teammates to um, have that great communication between each other where there is less guiding because you want them to just play their game and then be able to communicate and just have a few um, verbal cues here and there. But most of the time, it's letting them play.
0: Gotcha. I see.
2: (laughs) And then um, one other big thing that I think you need to note about um, blind soccer is the word boy, V-O-I. So that means I'm coming. So any individual on defense um, around, I would say, a five feet marker needs to say the word boy um, when they're coming up to defend or make a tackle on the person who has the ball. That is required for the game it's to prevent, you know, accidents and horrible collisions and things of that nature. So that is what the individuals need to say who are on defense. Which is it's pretty cool and. I'm um, exciting
0: to see that into play. Nice. Very cool. And as far as the actual soccer ball, I am curious, is it, you know, black and white, like a regular, does it look like a regular soccer ball?
2: Um, no, not really. Currently it it is, it's like a size three. So it still has that, I think it's a hexagon shape, right? So it still has those little hexagons all around. I know the it's ones there are like red and white. And then some other ones are multicolor, blue, green, red purple um so they are similar they're more like size 3 so they are smaller compared to adult size we think of are around 5 for adult soccer and i think because of the ball bearings there's i think there's around 5 pockets of little bells that are enclosed in the ball and um that makes the rattling noise and with that it's a lot heavier so um, when I think of storing a uh, sighted soccer ball in the air and things like that, it's a lot lighter and easier to travel, um, a longer distance. Where with these, it, the weight of the bells and how the ball is made, it's a little bit heavier, so it's more likely to stay on the ground um, in some regards and uh, not the easiest thing to boot your, boot the ball with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha. Nice. And then uh, Noah, just you know, from your perspective as a blind soccer player, what would you say are like the biggest challenges of being out there on the field and and being able to either score or defend? Well,
1: that's a decent sized list. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody is blindfolded, like like Katie said, yep. and you know, you when you're on the field, it is complete pandemonium uh, <laughs> auditorially. Yeah, uh, you have your guides yelling. You have your opponents yelling. You have your teammates yelling. You have the ball making sound. So trying to differentiate between what you need to listen to and what is just noise that doesn't matter—that uh, can be challenging. Dribbling, you—you you have the ball between your feet. It's—it's it's, you sort of keep your feet like a V shape. That's the technique that we use so that you kind of kick the ball, like your left foot, you kick it sort of diagonally in front or not kick it, but you push it in front of you as you dribble. And then, and then that goes to your right foot and you kind of push it back to your left a little bit. And you you, you sort of tick tack your way down the field with the ball, with light touches back and forth and not being able to see the ball. Sometimes you get surprised, you take a step and, Oh no, the ball's not there anymore. Um, can be a challenge. Uh, the other players, when, when the defense comes up on you, uh, determining what to do at that point, uh, whether to go around them one way, go around them another way, uh, pass it to one of your teammates, uh, that can be challenging. But and on the defensive side, I would say just getting, as you do not have the ball and you are advancing or attacking somebody who does have the ball, you, you got to really fight hard to get it. Because uh, they're going to do things to try and get around you or or impede your uh, proce- progress towards the ball. So th- those are just a couple of the things that I that come to mind. Uh, also, orientation wise, the field is twenty meters wide. Um, you can kind of tell where you are on the field in terms of the goals because th- there are both, there are guides at both ends screaming. Um But in terms of the sides, it, it can be. It's uh, kind of hard to keep those straight, uh, where exactly the sides are, the sideboards, yeah. uh, the width, like the, 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 two ends of the width of the field, if that That's makes any sense. Right. Um, right. to know where you are in the, in the horizontal plane of the field can be difficult. But with, with all that being said, I, I, I just love this game. It's great. I, I, I remember when I initially got involved with this, one of my goalball teammates, named Jim Devis, he also attended that camp with Katie. And he's like, dude, you got to do this. Uh, <laughs> this was in August of 2018. And I don't know what was going on in my mind. I must have had some other stuff going on in my life. I think I was out of town a lot for work, going to different banks uh, when we had practice. But then finally, October 2018, uh, Katie hosted this Blind Sports Day. And I, I attended and, that, and I and I just fell in love with the game at that point. And then Kate, Katie came over and she's like, I think you can, you could do really well in this game. And I said, you didn't need to convince me. I was already interested. Let's do it. <laughs> um, because, you know, I'd played sighted soccer my whole life and it's, I I, I get into blind soccer. It's so like, are you kidding me? Everyone has to wear blindfolds now. The, bl- the ball <laughs> is, makes noise. This is awesome. Yeah. So and I also feel, and Katie, kind of touched on earlier that at least in terms of the two blind sports I already play, goalball and beat ball, those are relatively—I don't, for lack of a better term—they're they're relatively passive in terms of your your defense. You kind
0: of just stand there and wait for the ball to come to you, right? Um, and there's not really a lot of
1: offensive strategy uh, in terms of a collaborative effort to get down the field. You know, goalball—you just throw the ball. And, um, I mean, you can switch your positions on the court a little bit, make a decoy sound with someone who's not throwing the ball to try and throw the defense off, stuff like that. Beat in deep ball, you just hit the ball uh, if you can, <laughs> yep. but in soccer, you have to really communicate with your teammates and do a lot of strategic things and a lot of effort to get down the field. These games are very low scoring. Um, the gold medal game from 2016, I, I, I listened to a video of that the other day, it was one to zero. So you know, you, you, basically it comes down to 50 minutes of hard-fought calories burned for not necessarily maybe a lot of offense. <laughs> um, but
0: Yum. but
1: I, I, I love every second of it. I, it, it, it's, I think it's a game that's well-suited to my strengths. I, I'm not the tallest guy. <laughs> and those other games where you have to lay down on the ground, height is kind of at a premium, um, as well as like the, your throwing ability. If if you're taller, it makes it a little easier. At least that's what I understand. Um, I've never really been a strong thrower in goalball. So this is the game that I've had the most success. And as we continue to get things ironed out here uh, as as a nation regarding blind soccer, uh, my hope is that I can compete. And I'd love to be on the Paralympic U.S. national team once we get one of those together. Uh, Like Katie said, I went to this uh, Paralympic development camp in San Diego, where they're kind of assessing what talent they had in the uh, country at this time, and that was a very fun experience for sure. And Katie was also there. She was one of the coaches. And uh, before I forget, I I just really want to give some props to Katie. Uh, She's really changed my life as well as the members of my soccer team in a very positive way. There's no one who brings more passion to the sport or to her work. She works far beyond the call of duty in terms of uh, the support she gets from the city. Um, She goes above and beyond. And uh, those of you listening right now, uh, you can kind of maybe suspect that she was a nice person. That's no lie. She has a heart of gold, and I'm very happy to call her a friend. And I'm very fortunate to have her as a coach. So uh, I just can't say enough about that.
0: That's not um,
1: it's all true let
0: wow, what else yeah. did i want to say i am curious or you did know, you have
1: another question for me
0: sure i know you had mentioned you know playing soccer i guess when you had a little more sight back in the day and does uh-huh. that can you bring any of that experience at all to blind soccer or is it pretty much a completely different type of game
1: i would say that it definitely helps having played soccer in the past and given that uh, talking to some of the more skilled athletes in San Diego that that Paralympic development camp that that was the theme a lot of them had played soccer in the past um some there were some exceptions I know there was this uh, dude from uh, Austin Texas I don't think he had played very long at all maybe a couple years but um anyway I definitely think like in terms of the, the game sense like kicking the ball uh Defending, I really think that there's a lot of there's a lot of transferable skills. Uh, dribbling's a little bit different, but to be honest with you, Greg, it's been I yeah, I hadn't played soccer for twelve years prior to starting blind soccer, so I kind of forget how to dribble the sided way, which I guess is not not a problem because that's not a very effective way to do it in blind soccer. So yeah, I, people say people tell me that I have a good a good orientation and, and, and know what I'm doing out there on the court. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just as blind as everyone else on the court, so I really don't know what, what everyone else is doing. But, I mean, I, I guess I can credit some of that to, for sure, my play inside of soccer in the past,
0: definitely. Right. Interesting.
2: Greg, I would even um, say something on that. Just I think, like Noah said, in California there were athletes who – had known the game, a lot of them came from, I think, or originated from other countries that soccer is just big. Um, some are from Mexico, some just other countries that have just soccer is the main sport there. That is their culture. That is what you do. You grow up with a soccer ball, right? So I've know- we have noticed that individuals who are playing um, have already kind of play the sport and understand the sport and know some of the general skills. But on that offset, knowing sighted soccer, there is a big difference. Some of the skill sets that, um, whether it is dribbling, passing, shooting, a lot of those are actually different and taught in different ways um, compared to sighted soccer. With shooting, you're not necessarily going to just shoot it up with your laces every time. You might have to, it's kind of like a big, punching your big toe at it. Um, Sometimes that's the better way to shoot. Defensively, you have to coach in a totally different way. So from the coaching and teaching different skills, it is a different game in a lot of ways. But some of those general skills, if you know and have known them growing up um, in that sided soccer environment, I do think you have somewhat of an upper hand. I see. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I know you mentioned, uh, you know, as far as coaching, Katie, if you could just talk about, you know, like Noah did, just kind of put yourself out there on the field. You know, what is it like being a coach and and actually coaching the players and what are kind of your main roles during a game?
2: Most of our times playing have been at these clinics, So right now. The only, I think, true matches that have occurred have been between two schools for the blind. Uh, I think it was between Virginia School for the Blind and Maryland School for the Blind. That was technically the official match. Um, But other matches are played as we are hosting more clinics. So through the United States Blind Sports Association, and all these other coaches throughout the U.S. Um, were trying to put on these regional camps to really find athletes who could potential could grow through the sport, to grow the sport in general from a grassroots level, but also to get it to um, a nationwide level so we could create a national team um, with hopes of having a Paralympic team in the next few years. And um, just being a coach in general in this game, um, I think it's totally different because all of at least most of the coaches have come from a sighted soccer world. So trying to change that mindset and really focus on how are you going to um, explain these skills and what. What other ways can we do that other than verbal? Uh, I know kinesthetic proprioception was a big word thrown out in Maryland and how just kind of honestly them having their hands on your shoulders or your leg or whatever to demonstrate that skill and let them feel that, that hip opening up or whatever it is. Um, so they understand how to move their body to work on just changing direction or, um, making sure they're dribbling things of that nature um, is a whole game changer as a coach. And then um, I think for my part, I learned in California is myself shutting up as coaching. Um, I am, I think as you grow up in the soccer world, you and any sport you love, honestly, you just want to, you want to say more um, and your excitement just and adrenaline comes about and all of that. Um, and I remember just I happen to be the coach behind the goal. We didn't have enough actually guides in California to do have a head coach in the center and then have guides on opponents goals. So I'm on the opponent goal screaming down the other field, which is not allowed. And um, just trying to hold back like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Let these athletes play as well as figure out um, their orientation and where they need to be. So that that's a whole different. Um, different side of things that I have to work on, um, and really changing some of these skills and trying to modify and create different drills for blind soccer. There's actually not a lot. There are a few that were told through us, and then me trying to follow every um, five aside soccer program throughout the U.S. Whether I can understand their language or not, but I can figure out what. Um, drills they're doing and how they're adapting um, as well as I have uh, it's um, just this soccer skill book and things of that nature that I've been using to kind of focus on certain skills and some drills that they have and then modify it to our blind soccer program and how that can be used and utilized um, is where I'm kind of getting some of my coaching expertise but it definitely is a whole different ball game um coming from us being an athlete to a coach along with it not being coming from a sighted soccer to a blind soccer um game but it's been incredible to kind of use my creativity in that regard um and teach these athletes so it's been a it's been exciting
0: yeah that's awesome All right, I guess we could just we could wrap up here on just uh, one last question as far as uh, just the benefits of blind soccer and maybe even blind sports in general. Noah, maybe you can also touch on this. Talk to me about the benefits of, you know, participating in athletics and, and competition, you know, for individuals who are blind and visually impaired and just how much sports can actually do to to change a person's life, to give them more confidence just the, the, you know, many benefits that you both have experienced or observed.
1: Well, like I was talking about earlier, I've always been a very active person. I've always been motivated to get, uh, down and dirty, get sweaty, get the win, go for gold. I don't think my life would be <laughs> very worthwhile if I couldn't play sports and follow sports. Uh, it's, it's, I, I derive so much pleasure from both of those. I, I, so I, I really, it's almost it's almost so inherent in my in my passion and what what drives me that it's it's almost hard to even sell it to anyone else um, because it's just it's just so so important to me um, and I, I guess that I can kind of tell you the reasons why maybe that'll help. I it gives me something to do. I get out of the house. I I burn calories, I'm staying in shape, trying to I'm, I I will say now I'm getting back into shape. Um, a couple weeks ago I was saying I need to get back in shape. Now I'm saying I I'm getting back in shape, which is a, is a good transition <laughs> of words.
0: Definitely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and, and the reason why I'm motivated because I want to I want to be in shape by the time the next uh, development camp comes around. Um, we were hoping to have one here this summer. Um, I don't know. We don't have any final details on that, but that's going to be postponed. Uh, of course, but luckily for me, uh, that gives me more time to get in shape and get ready to go um, to try and, and put the best, the best game out there on the field so that hopefully I can help uh, contribute to a Paralympic team uh, once we get one going on here. Another thing I would say is important is once we started our team, we kind of grew a community. We have four or five regular players who come. Uh, Some of them bring their their significant others um, who can see and they help out as guides and volunteers. Uh, Katie does a good job of organizing outside volunteers to come in and help guide so it's a very fun social experience as well uh, a very supportive environment uh we do we do things outside of soccer as well socially uh like like Katie indicated before a uh, ski trip i had not gone skiing before last year and then Katie said hey let's go on the ski trip uh we have people who are specially trained to guide blind people and i on skis and i cannot believe what i was missing all this time um, it was great
2: no I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of what, like some of the stuff you're saying so um really just the benefits of blind sports and um specifically blind soccer is just like you said so that community where my goal as a coach and um just somebody in this field is If I can just create more opportunities for people to be active as well, just create a community of people they can be around and share um, maybe some struggles they're having in their life or connect on, hey, like, what can I do technology-wise or, oh, how did you figure this out? Um, they're really gaining that life experience, um, which is key to me. Um, I want a community of people that are becoming stronger and becoming independent and can empower other people. Um, That is my goal. I don't want somebody who is going to sit inside all day and um, feel sorry for themselves. Like, these people who may be blind and visually impaired, whatever, whatever disability is going on in their life, um, they can make something happen and they, can't, they can make sure that doesn't stop them. Um, and through this, um, I think with sports, you're able to have that. There's so much with especially soccer with that orientation mobility like that is a life skill needed going out into the world on how they can get around whether it's to the bus bus stop or to work whatever it is you with soccer they're able to do that um i know some of the skills with sweeping um our feet to find the ball um can also help with orientation and um they've even said elite athletes gone to the planes, they wouldn't even know they're blind because they don't even have their cane, they're just using their feet um, to kind of help with orientation, which is crazy. Of course, uh, health-wise, you know, we don't want any secondary conditions, we want to increase their quality of life and um, overall wellness, so sports do that. Um, as well as, like we said, that confidence, that empowerment, also working on some balance and coordination. All of that goes along with sports, um, and that's why we're involved. There's something, some type of connection when you get into sports and realize that we're just really trying to mold people to the best, the best versions of themselves they can be, and sports does that. That gives them a community. That gives them um, that strength and confidence to... Um, go out and say I'm going to conquer whatever it is there are hardships in sport um, and there are wins and that is in life too, right? So you're going through that wave of life through sport and I think um, that definitely translates into whatever they end up doing um, throughout their life whether it's sports or whether it's being a mom or a parent um, or in their job so um, sport is more than um just a quote-unquote
0: game <laughs> no doubt yeah that's some great perspective from both of you i appreciate that all right so uh if, if anyone is curious to learn more about ohio blind soccer i believe i believe you, you guys do have a facebook and a twitter page yes yeah mm-hmm. And they can just, it is
2: Ohio flying soccer. Um, look us up on Facebook and Twitter and you'll find that there's some videos up there. And I also suggest you all check on YouTube. I just started a YouTube channel with some different videos, um, and descriptions on there of different skills that they can learn and start working on. Um,
0: Throughout their days, so very cool, awesome. Okay, well, hey, Katie Atkinson, Noah Beckman, I really appreciate both you guys joining us here on Ice Free Sports. Uh, you gave some great insight into blind soccer, and uh, I'm definitely you know supportive of the sport and really hope that uh, you know we can get it into the Paralympics as far as the U.S. having a team at some point, you know, soon. For sure. 2028.
2: That's
0: our goal. <laughs> that's right, Los Angeles. At the Yo. latest. <laughs> Good point. Yep. Alrighty. Well thank, thanks. thank you. Thanks for guys. having me
1: on, Greg. Us on, Greg. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks,
0: Alrighty. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.
1: You too. Stay healthy and safe.
0: Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports Podcast at Facebook.com slash eyesfree sports and on Twitter at Eyes free sports.